This is Pumpkin. And this is Peach. And welcome to the Pumpkin and Peach Podcast. Why are you talking like that? Like what? Stop! I'm going to re-record this. If I'm you... not talking like anything. Why are you being like this? Because I'm a ghost. Shut up, Jeffrey. <laughs> this is episode... 25! Friday the 13th part... Five. Is this the fifth one we've done? Yes. Um. So, I mean, they've been called Countdown 2, but it's, you know, a couple of them. This one will be after the fact. Um. We stopped in part six, so there's a lot more left. And I'm going to try to shove them all into this episode. Because Peach is a big downer. I'm not a big downer. Big downer. Sure not. Sure is. Not. You've heard. You know. Hmm. <laughs> or haven't heard. So you know. <laughs> um, so, after part six, we go on to part seven, the new blood... Um, first time that Kane Hodder steps into the role of Jason, um, directed by John Carl Beekler because of his, uh, effects background and, uh, they brought him on, which is really kind of shitty because they brought him on and he has such an awesome background in effects and makeup and stuff and they cut this movie all to shit. They censored the hell out of it. Um, which kind of sucks. Um, so, this picks up where the last one left off, kind of. Uh, you're not really sure. The Friday the 13th timeline gets kind of murky. Or in the later um, installments. It starts off with... Uh, our main character, Tina, she's young, and they're at the, the lake. It's her, her mom, and her dad, and you obviously get the notion that uh, her dad's a, uh, an alcoholic, kind of drunk, um, hits his wife, you can hear this. Um, I guess this is a regular occurrence. So Tina runs out into the lake, gets in a boat. Um, they chase her. Her dad's standing on the dock trying to get her to come back in. And she says, you know, you hit mom again. And he's saying, I'm sorry. And she does this stare. And uh, you see the water move. And then the, the dock starts moving. And... The dock comes crashing down because, you know, she says, I hate you. I wish you were dead. So, but after she does it, she's sorry. She, she cries for her dad. But he's dead. She's killed him. Um, then it turns into, you know, quote unquote present time where she's, you know, waking up from a dream. Isn't that cute? Yeah, maybe. It's a Ouija figure, like a planchette pop. But is that like a real thing, or is it like... It's a pre-order from Big Apple Collectibles. Um. Sorry. 
So she wakes up and it's her she's now a teenager and she's with her mom and they're driving up to the cabin and they're going to meet Dr. Cruz there uh, played by Terry Kaiser and uh, I don't know what the idea was for doing this you know getting her up to the cabin where it all happened and, and the doctor just wants to kind of exploit her for her uh, psychokinetic abilities where she can do stuff with her mind so it's kind of like um, a Jason versus Carrie kind of movie here because she's got these powers and um, I really kind of want to know how big Crystal Lake is because, I mean, in the mythology in the movies, Crystal Lake's got to be an awfully big lake. Um, because, you know, you have the, the area where the camp is on, then you have the area where the Packinac Lodge was, which is, you know, supposed to be on the same lake as, you know, Camp Crystal Lake. Then you've got where Higgins Haven is, that's also on the lake. So... All these places aren't really near each other, but they're all on the same lake because um, they never like run into each other. And then you got part four, where the Jarvises live, and the other house where the teenagers stay. That's also on the lake or near the lake. Um, then you got part five, which um, has nothing to do with it, so there's no lake there. Then six, where Camp Forest Green is supposed to be Camp Crystal Lake from the original, even though it doesn't look the same. But so there's that, and then now part seven, where Tina's family's cabin is, and the, the house the cabin next to it, which is where the teenagers stay, is also on the same lake. So you got all these things that are on the same lake, um, but seemingly never like come in contact with each other. So it's got to be in the mythology of the of the movies. It's got to be a pretty big lake um, for all these things to be on it. So Tina wakes up. They pull up. Doctor Cruz is there waiting for for them. Her and her mom. Uh, the kids are already next door, and she gets out and. There's this one bitch there, Melissa, who's you know as soon as she sees. Tina pull up she's just like there goes the neighborhood and Tina gets out and uh, she drops like you know her suitcase and, and the one character Nick comes over and tries to help her but it, then it becomes awkward so um, they go inside the doctor's like hey we're there we're here we're gonna help you we're gonna you know do stuff all the kids next door are there for Nick's cousin's uh, birthday party. It's a surprise birthday party for his cousin. Um, his cousin... Oh, what's his cousin's name? I can't remember what his cousin's name is. Uh, what the hell is that dude's name? Ugh. Totally blanking. Michael. Michael. That's it. So. 
they're there. Dr. Cruz is trying to make Tina, you know, get her abilities to, to work and trying to make her go crazy and feel guilty about killing her dad, which, you know, she did do. Um, she's like, oh, this is not about my father. And it's like, but it, it really is. Um, so she, uh, Michael never shows up. He's there with his girlfriend. Their car breaks down. And she's like, well, we can just have Nick come and get us, pick up the car tomorrow. We'll walk here. And he's like, oh, what's he doing here? And then she's like, well, everybody's here for your birthday party. And now I just ruined it. And so they're in the woods. Um, then Tina brings Jason back. She runs down to the lake because she's all upset. And she wants to, she's apologizing to the lake. I guess her father which I don't know like her father died in the lake but did, I mean they, they would have had to have taken his body out of the lake right I mean she tries to bring him back she's like well I got these powers you know maybe I can bring him back so she's like concentrating but it's like is your dad there like did he just die and they just like we're just gonna leave his body in the lake uh, so who are you trying to bring back if if the body's not in there and and, and what did you really think was gonna happen like if you're if your dad's body was in the lake for all these years and you brought him back, like, did you think he would just be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm alive and I'm, I look normal. Like, he's going to come out of the lake as a fucking dead corpse nastiness. Like, I don't know what her, I don't know what her uh, mentality was going into this. Like, oh, this is, this is what I'll do and it'll turn out fine. Um. But instead of bringing her dad back, she brings Jason back, who's been down there, you know, where Tommy put him with the, lock, the rock holding him down. And uh, she's concentrating, so Jason snaps back to life. The chain breaks, holding him down, so he floats up to the surface and jumps out. Tina sees this and faints. And then you see Jason walking out, which is really cool because you see him walking out and his clothes are all torn. You can see like his spine and his bones because he's been sitting in the bottom of the lake. But it is a really cool reveal and it's a really cool look. But it doesn't make any sense because he looks nothing like the clothes that he was wearing in part six. Like, and I get it. Ooh, it's Friday the 13th and they didn't care about continuity. But I mean, like, this is something easy, easy that you can keep track of. Is like, is that what he was wearing? Like, it's like, why even bother making a movie at all at this point if you're just, like, if you're not even going to stick to the simplest of things? Um, I mean, it always bothered me because it, he's not wearing anything like he was wearing at the end of Part 6. Uh, so, Jason pops up out of the lake, and now he's back. Um, Dr. Cruz and her mom uh, and Tina's mom find her and they're like hey what happened and she's like a man came out of the lake and doctor's like ooh this has something to do with your father and she's like no it doesn't but it really did cause you're a fucking liar you're trying to bring your dad back some random dude popped up out of the lake and you fainted so don't try to lie and say it has nothing to do with your dad when it has everything to do with your dad because that's what you're trying to do so now Jason's back uh, Michael, Nick's uh, cousin Michael, whose birthday party they're throwing, 
and his girlfriend, like I said, their car broke down. Now they're walking through the woods. They have to go to the bathroom. Now Jason's back. So Michael goes to pee. And Jason kills his girlfriend with a tent spike. Um, I don't know where he got this tent spike from. Maybe he got it from their packs. Maybe they were carrying a tent or something. Which is sometimes always like never said correctly like what he uses as a weapon here and I think even with the new figure that just came out from NECA I think they categorized the tent spike as an ice pick and it's not it's like people have never seen a, a tent spike before you know the thing that you put in the ground that holds the tent down from blowing away so it's an old fashioned one a big old metal one but that's what it is it's got the little hook on it that you put through the loop so you can, then you nail it and you hammer it into the ground. So kills her with the tent spike, then kills Michael with the tent spike. Um, Michael never shows up now that he's dead. Uh, they're wondering where he is. They think, oh well, he'll be here. He'll be here. You know, they don't. They're not worried. Um, Tina's worried because you know there's this dude, and then she sees. She keeps seeing visions. She sees a vision of Michael being killed. Jason, like, you know, holding up Michael with the tent spike. And uh, she runs home after she sees this vision. And there's a tent spike is in the back porch. It's stuck there. She goes in to tell them that she saw it. Dr. Cruz goes outside and it's like, it's, there's nothing here. Um, but there's, there's a hole there. So it's like, there was something there, even though you're trying to say there's not. So, the kids, Jason picks off the kids one by one, um, so you got Eddie, who's like a nerdy kind of guy, and there's two other couples, one who's, um, it's his uncle's cabin, and his girlfriend, and then there's another couple, uh, Ben and... I can't, uh, I'm blanking on her name. But, and then there's Melissa the bitch who likes Nick and kind of jealous that he's taking an interest in Tina. So he's, she's trying to like get his attention, but he wants none of it. He's spending time with Tina. Uh, Melissa tries to, uh, make Tina feel bad by, uh, she ropes Eddie into helping her pretend that he's wearing a straight jacket. It's like, oh, isn't this how they wear them back in the mental institution? Making fun of her. But Tina uses her powers and breaks uh, Melissa's necklace of pearls that she's wearing. And she's like, oh my god, my necklace. Because she was just talking about how her dad gave it to her. And um, so Jason picks off the, the kids in the in the cabin, you know, one by one by one, and so Tina is freaking out, and she thinks she's going crazy, the doctor's trying to make her think she's going crazy, because he's lying about stuff, because, you know, he did know the spike was there, he took it out of the back thing, and he kept it, and he's got all these, like, files, and 
tape recordings that he's making saying, you know, and he keeps threatening, you know, if you don't do this or if you whatever, I'm gonna, we're going to have to put you back in the in the hospital, in the institution or whatever. So, Jason is killing all the, the kids and you don't really care about any of them. Uh, eventually kills Tina's mom and Dr. Cruz and uh, it comes down to a, a showdown, a battle between Tina and Jason where she starts using her powers more to kind of take him on and she breaks you know, his mask. She uh, makes it tight, too tight for his head. It's digging in his head and then it just kind of snaps off and you see his face, the makeup underneath, which I think is cool uh, looking. Um, you can see all the damage that's been done over the movies. Uh, you can see where the axe went into his head. You can see where Tommy got him with the machete on the side of his head and his bad eye. Um, so you, you see all the wounds that he's gotten over the years or over time. Um, so she eventually does battle with Jason in the bottom, uh, in the basement where she sets him on fire by spraying gasoline on him and then making fire come out of the furnace. And then they run away and then the house blows up, but he's still alive out in the dock and they're fighting and... Um, Tina Tina's dad pops up out of nowhere again I don't know where the fuck his body is obviously it was just sitting down in the lake because Tina's dad comes out and drags Jason back into the lake and it's like we did it together yay because um, where the fuck is her dad coming like is he a spirit is he a I don't know what the fuck it doesn't make any sense. Um, not that a lot of things make any sense, but um, so not the best installment. They're starting off. I mean, a lot of people love Kane Hodder, and this is his first movie in the franchise, and people have associated. You know, when they thought of Jason, they would think of Kane's Jason. He became the most popular version of Jason until, like, I would say. Freddy versus Jason Jason because you see him a lot of, on a lot of stuff that that design on a lot of merchandise and stuff these days so it used to be Kane Hodder's Jason that was the one that was you know the most notable or recognizable and now it's on any kind of promotional item or, or merchandise they sell these days it's it's usually the, the, the Freddy versus Jason Jason design that they use on a lot of stuff um so now Jason's back in the in the bottom of the lake because Tina's dad drug him down there. Um, so then you get part eight that comes. Jason takes Manhattan, a.k.a. Jason takes Vancouver because most of it was filmed in Vancouver. Um, so now he's in the, in the bottom of the lake again and there's two teens, um, Susie and... I want to say his name's Billy... Um, they're on a boat in the lake celebrating um, or just trying to, you know, have sex 
and they're near the the camp because you see them like right like they're anchored near the camp because you can see like an old broken down camp crystal lake sign and the anchor pulls on some power cables that are in in the water which again doesn't make any sense because at the end of part seven when Tina's dad drags Jason back into the lake. They're near Tina's, the cabin where Tina, you know, that happened. They, they weren't near the, the camp that I'm aware of because nobody ever talked about a camp or there wasn't a camp shown nearby or the camp wasn't nearby there. But now all of a sudden he's under the water near the camp because the boat's there, the power cables are there, I guess going to the camp. Um... I guess those, that's where those power cables... So the anchor pulls in the power cables. The electricity runs through Jason's body. Uh, Billy's telling Susie about Jason and scaring her and scares her because he brought a, a retractable knife on board and a mask. And so Jason's now alive again. Uh, no mask because it was broken in the last one. But he gets the mask when he gets on the boat and he takes the mask that Billy had brought and uses that now, so now it's a different mask. Um, again, Kane Hodder is the second time playing Jason, uh, the first time that it's ever been the same person playing him more than once. Uh, so, Billy and Susie are, you know, he's apologizing for scaring her. They're starting to get it on, and then Jason comes, and she sees him, and... Um, she freaks out and he kills he kills Billy she runs away um, so he chases her she's hiding in like a little I don't know it's a little storage cubby or, or something on the, the top side of the boat he finds her kills her and she just you know sits there I mean I guess she doesn't have anywhere to go if she's gonna jump out he would have grabbed her anyway but like he just <laughs> takes this little spear a pronged spear and just inches it so close to her like to kill her like so slowly and she just sits there and she's just laying there like screaming like no 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 and it's like okay I guess you're just gonna sit there and wait to die um but now they're both dead um and it cuts to uh a bigger boat and again this one this is where this doesn't make any sense either especially if you've been there in person like you know where the original was filmed, uh, you know there it doesn't connect anything. So, or just in general, like they want you to believe that a big boat is now in in Crystal Lake, and it's going to somehow be able to get to Manhattan. Like they're going to sail out of the lake and sail into the ocean and get to Manhattan or the harbor or or whatever. Um, because they are in Crystal Lake because you do see the boat that Billy and Susie were on kind of, kind of drift by. It's drifting because, you know, they're both dead. And Jason hops off that boat, hops onto the big boat. They're all there to celebrate their, I guess, graduation from uh, high school. This is like their senior trip to go to New York City. And so Jason hops on that boat. Um this boat's filled with you know high schoolers and, and teenagers um there's one girl in particular rennie who really shouldn't be there because she's afraid of the water because 
when she was little, her uncle Charles, who's uh, a, a teacher at the school because he's there as a chaperone, um, was trying to teach her how to swim, and he was scaring her with the Jason story, saying, hey, if you don't know how to swim, Jason's going to get you. And then he just pushes her into the water, and she's like, swim, or you're going to drown. And she gets pulled on by Jason, apparently, as a kid. He's young. So she just sees, she sees visions of him all throughout the movie as a young boy, um, even though he's, you know, full size now but um going around kills most pretty much the kids that he doesn't kill to get killed because the the, the <coughs> boat the boat floods and a lot of the kids drown in the boat and then um what what you doing nothing what you're rolling on roll on with your talk roll on so, uh, and there's like a, a creepy deckhand who's kind of like Crazy Ralph, and he's like, oh, this voyage is doomed. Um, so Jason starts killing the kids on the ship, and then, you know, uh, they, the ship is, is in distress, so they have to get out because it's sinking. It's filling up with water. So whoever Jason doesn't kill... The, the water kills, they drown, and it just on the ship is they get away in a little lifeboat, and it's um, Rennie, and one of the other teachers, uh, a woman teacher who's very friendly and likes Rennie, and her uncle Charles, who's an asshole, um, and Julius, who is um, a boxer or aspiring boxer. And, um, what's his name? The one guy who's, um, getting with, or being, um, he's kind of like Rennie's love interest, I guess. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head either. Uh... But they're now um, going, well, I guess they don't really know where they're going, but they're in a, a, a lifeboat, and Sean, that's the name. Uh, they're in a lifeboat, and they're rowing. Charles is complaining, even though he's not doing anything but sitting there in the boat. Julius and Sean are rowing, and Rennie and... Miss Van Dusen are just kind of sitting there too, but at least they're not complaining. Um, they finally get into harbor uh, to New York City. It's kind of like a seedy looking area, kind of shady. They uh, Charles complains about this too, like, oh, nice place you docked us into. It's like, shut the fuck up. At least we're on land. At least something happened and, and you didn't help. Uh... So they get up there, and then Jason comes up after they've gotten up, so they don't see him get up. And there's, like, a billboard for hockey, and Jason sees this, and it's kind of like a funny moment where, like, you know, you see him kind of look at it curiously, and then turns, and then you see his mask and the mask on the billboard at the same time, because he's looking at somebody wearing a hockey mask. Um, 
you then see them they're walking around New York they don't really know where they're going uh, they get descended upon by these junkies who uh, rob them and then take Rennie with them uh, Jason is stalking them and he thinks that they should split up uh, Charles thinks they should split up which is a bad idea because you should never split up and um so Jason's uh, kind of killing everybody else off and him and uh, Julius get into a boxing match on top of the one of the roofs and they're, they're fighting and Julius is putting up a fight and punching but Jason's really not not having it, not really being affected by it and uh, Julius tells him he gets all tired from throwing his punches, he tells him to take his best shot. Jason knocks his head off, um, goes flying off the side of the building. Um, so now they can't find Julius. Uh, they're in. Uh, um, they find a cop, and he tries to help them, but Jason kills the cop. Julius's head is on the dashboard of the cop car. Um, Rennie crashes the cop car. Um, and in this stunt, with, with the cop car stunt, and there's another stunt later when they're on a subway car, is where Ken Kersinger plays Jason, who would go on to play him in Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, he plays him in these two stunts in these parts. So he actually does play Jason in this movie for two parts. He's also in it... Um, as a regular actor, he plays like a cook in, in a diner they go to, and Jason throws him uh, up against the, the wall and, and knocks him out. And um, Jason kills the, the junkies that uh, took Rennie. Uh, he kills Uncle Charles. So Uncle Charles is a jerk, and, and Rennie has the flashback of like, you know, you threw me in there, and he was down there. and uh, So... Miss Van Dusen dies when Rennie crashes the police car because it uh, catches on fire and blows up. So, way to go, Rennie. You crashed the car and then you killed the teacher that actually liked you. Um, so now it's just uh, Sean and Rennie. And they're running away from Jason. And like I said, they're, they're walking and they get to, like, you know, Times Square. And there's a part where there's a bunch of, like, punk kids are listening to a boombox kind of listen to a music that they probably wouldn't actually be listening to and Jason walks by and kicks it and breaks it and they're all like oh you're you know you're dead meat slime bag and then Jason just lifts up his his turns around lifts up his mask and shows them his ugly face and they're like hey it's cool which is like weird because is Jason really that self-aware like hey I know I look like a cretin I can scare people with my face like, and I'm just gonna, like, warn them with my face and let them go. Like, is he really gonna let people go? Um, he's so dead set on getting Sean and, and Rennie, probably more importantly. Um, so they're on this, they go, and they get, you know, um, through the diner, where I said Ken Kersinger was playing a cook, and Jason throws him against the wall. Um, they go in a subway car to get away from him, and they're going through car, through car, and, um, they finally go down into the sewers and 
they're trying to get away from home and they run into like a sewer worker and he's like you gotta get out of here because every night at this time it fills up with toxic waste down here because that's just how it works in new york city our sewers just fill up with toxic waste um on a regular basis at this time every night uh so jason kills this guy they're running away from him um toxic waste comes they're climbing up a ladder so they're up away from the toxic waste but jason gets caught in the toxic waste and his mask melts off and then his face gets all weird looking and he his face does his makeup does not look good in this movie um again another thing that i forgot to mention in the beginning you know like in part seven where i said when he first comes out of the lake and like all of his clothes are shred and you can see like his bones and his spine and stuff well magically when he gets out of the lake in this one his clothes magically repair themselves because there's no clothes missing it's like his they're not shredded it his clothes magically repaired themselves um i don't know how this happened but you know you're none of his body is exposed anymore it's just he's just wearing like clothes as if they weren't shredded so that doesn't make any sense i mean i guess going just laying in the lake this time you know repaired his mended his clothes um so the toxic waste gets him and then uh the nonsensical bullshit starts here because it just bleeds into the next movie which is just all nonsensical bullshit but jason is now laying on the bottom when the the toxic waste subsides he's back he's reverted back to a boy again jason is a little boy the toxic waste has cured him of being a dead zombie uh backwards hillbilly uh to begin with and now a zombie with supernatural powers it's all cured now he's a little boy again just laying there and then that's the end of the movie that doesn't make any fucking sense uh that ending is horrible and then it just leads right into the bullshit of uh part nine which is jason goes to hell the final friday which it is not uh directed by adam marcus who is a real big douche canoe and made a horrible movie and um this is the beginning of the third time that kane hodder is reprising the role as jason new line takes over from paramount um sean cunningham comes back as a producer on the film along with his uh son noel um and it's been back and forth he said she said bullshit um it's all said that you know sean cunningham came back on and was like hey get rid of that mask i don't want to see that hockey mask because he only directed and and wrote the first or didn't write but directed and produced the first one he had nothing to do with the success that came on later on with the hockey mask and the way it became iconic so he's like get that hockey mask out of there so adam marcus they do this story where uh starts off with uh, a woman up at crystal lake or you think it's crystal lake she's in a cabin i guess near the lake and um jason uh, chases her out of the she's going to take a shower so now she's wrapped in a towel and he's chasing her through the woods because he shows up and uh, they get to this clearing and all these fbi agents pop up out of nowhere and just start firing on jason and they eventually they they shoot him a bunch of fucking times and then they blow him up 
with like an incoming like missile bomb thing. So like now we're led to believe that um, before in all the other movies, you know, Jason was a legend or nobody believed in Jason. He was just, oh yeah, Jason. Oh yeah, right, Jason. Now he's become so believable that the FBI sets up this elaborate trap to get him and uh, it actually works. You know, they, they are actually spending the time to go up there and do all this stuff because they believe in him now. And uh, this just kind of throws out the whole mythology of anything else that came before it because um, people believe in him. The FBI sets a trap for him. Um, they blow him up. His remains wind up in a federal morgue in Ohio. And the coroner that's autopsying him, like, you know, studies everything, and then he gets to the heart. The heart starts beating and kind of puts him into a trance, and he eats the heart, and then Jason's power goes into his body, which is bullshit, and the bullshit just doesn't let up from this point on in this movie. It's all about uh, body jumping and mythology that was never in this in this franchise before and adding in that Jason's a deadite because they go to Jason's house, the Voorhees house and you know, uh, Jason's father Elias is first talked about in this movie, uh, officially um their house is all creepy They're, the, the they have the, uh, the Necronomicon in their house and trying to allude to that they were into the occult and Jason's like, that's the, how they explain Jason, like he's a deadite he's got this demon inside of him this demon power um it just doesn't make any sense any of it jason's all of a sudden got a fucking sister and bounty hunter creighton duke pops up out of nowhere where he's got all this backstory but we don't know what the fuck it is like he knows all this shit about jason about how jason body jumps which doesn't make any sense because Every movie up until this point, he never fucking body jumped anywhere. Um, what? Sorry. Continue. He never body jumped ever. I'm sorry, I got an email about a new Starbucks flavor of coffee. Ugh. Spiced apple. How great. Mm. Let me try that tomorrow. So, he's never body jumped before, you know, he's gotten all these injuries up until part 8, where, he, you know, like I said, in part 7, you saw all the injuries. So, he's never body jumped before, he never had to go into another body before to help heal himself. He just always kind of had, like, a, just kind of was. He didn't heal, he didn't need to jump into another body. Um, and it doesn't make any sense because if, if Jason was doing this all along, but to us and all the other movies, he still looked like Jason. He never looked like anybody else. And in this movie, when he jumps into bodies, like they deteriorate really fast and he has to keep jumping into another one, another one. And he can only be reborn into his real self by going through, uh, a relative, which now all of a sudden, like I said, he's got a sister and, um, a niece and a grandniece because she has a baby and so now he's got all these relatives that he didn't have before because he was an only child as far as we were aware up until and even if he wasn't an only child like they never explain why he has a sister now it's like okay well 
oh, this is a sister you didn't know about, and this is how it happened. No, he's just got a sister, and you don't know how or why. And, um, like, Creighton Duke, you don't know how he knows all he does about Jason. Uh, at one point in the movie, you know, Creighton Duke's like, to Jason, like, remember me? No, I don't fucking remember you. I don't know who the hell you are. None of us know who the hell you are. Like, you don't make any sense in this movie. You've got all of this knowledge of Jason, and he's supposed to remember you, but we've never heard or seen of you before, ever. You've got some sort of great backstory that we're not told and we don't know. Um, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. And Jason looks very bad in this movie. He looks bloated. Um, and just... Again... We go from him being a little boy again at the end of part eight to now he's full grown again. There's no explanation for that. There's no explanation. Um, at the Voorhees house, uh, the Voorhees name is spelled incorrectly on the mailbox. Um, so that doesn't make any fucking sense. Adam Marcus is just trying to shove all this stuff in here from like the Evil Dead movies at the Necronomicon. The... He can only be reborn reborn through a Voorhees. There's like this fucking bullshit that Creighton Duke says. Like, oh, only through a Voorhees may he be reborn. This whole credo that we don't even fucking know. We've never heard of. There's just all this mythology doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, that we've never seen of or heard of before. You're just, just out of, after eight movies. Hey, let's just go fucking bonkers and make shit up and make nothing make any sense. And let's act like it does make sense. Let's make the audience feel like they're fucking going crazy when we know all about this stuff and we're going to make them think like they, they, they missed something. Like, hey, let's just change everything up after eight movies and then Adam Marcus is going to be like, yeah, it's canon now because I made it so. Yeah, you, you're going to tell me he's not a deadite? No, he is because I made a movie and, and I made him a deadite in it. Well, how unoriginal of you. Like, why don't you write a, an original movie? You want to talk about doing something different? Well, you're just taking shit from other movies. You took uh, a premise from The Evil Dead with the Necronomicon, and you're just bringing stuff from another movie into your movie and just making it make so like so little sense. It's ridiculous. Um, this, to me, is the worst movie in the franchise. Um, it's horrible. It's stupid. You know, at this point, people just want to see Jason, and we don't get him throughout the whole movie. You just get to see him at the end, when he is finally reborn. And to fight him, his niece, you know, she's got to stab him with this magical dagger, which looks like a Kandarian dagger from, you guessed it, Evil Dead. So, like, just, like you tried to, you wanted to make an Evil Dead movie, but you couldn't. You couldn't make one, and you couldn't weasel your way into that franchise. You just weaseled your way into this one because you were a friend with Sean Cunningham's son growing up and friend with the family, so you'd just gone through film school, and you just weaseled your way into making this movie. And it's a horrible movie. It makes no sense. Um, it just says fuck off to everything that came before it. And then we're going to do whatever the hell we want to do in this movie. At the end, you know, Jason gets drugged down to hell by these big old hell hands that drag him down. And um, that's the end of that. Hell hands. 
And then at the end, they try to set up Freddy versus Jason because you see at the end, whether Jason's mask after he got drugged down is kind of sitting on the surface of the ground. And then Freddy's hand pops out of the ground and grabs the mask and pulls it down to hell. Because you know Freddy's in hell as well. Um, Freddy's hand in this movie was played by Kane Hodder. That was his hand popping up with the Freddy glove on. Uh, dragging the, the mask down to hell. So they're trying to set up Freddy vs. Jason. Which wouldn't happen for years. At least another 10 years after this movie. So I'm pretty sure I believe this one came out in 93. And Freddy vs. Jason didn't come out until like 2003. So... They tried to get you like, oh, it's coming. And then you still had to wait like another 10 years for it to happen. And, uh... So... Then Jason X comes along. And that's the next movie after this. Which just kind of also kind of says fuck everything that came before this uh we're not gonna pay attention because he just got dragged down to hell in the last one but hey all of a sudden we're in some other kind of weird timeline reality uh who knows and um jason is in this uh research facility and they're studying his regenerative powers it's like before he just got hurt and he just always had all the scars and stuff but in this movie they're saying that he has like these regenerative powers kind of like a wolverine healing factor kind of thing so they want to study him and they're supposed to cryogenically freeze him but the military wanted to still do tests on him so they're like no we're not going to do that but there's one doctor or scientist or whoever she is um she's she's is arguing against that. She said, well, you should just freeze him because we don't know what else to do with him. They've tried to kill him so many different ways. But they come in to take him and uh, he's killed the guard that was guarding him in chains and, and, and then chained that guard up and tricks everybody by, you know, sneaking up on them and killing all of the, the military people in there. And then the one um, woman who wanted to freeze him or thought that he should be frozen goes to try to freeze him uh, puts it, gets him into the cryogenic um, pod and turns it on and is like oh great and then just stupidly presses herself against the door just being like oh I got you in there Jason shoves his machete through the door of the pod and stabs her and then since he broke you know the containment of the pod like the whole room seals and then freezes so they're both get cryogenically frozen and then hundreds of years go by like 400 years and um this team of students come down to like look at this part of earth which is now like a desolate uh shitty stormy windy everything earth is pretty much done at this point they're there I don't know what for what reason looking for stuff um, they find the woman they find Jason uh, they bring them back on the ship um, to try to thaw them out well the thaw out the woman Jason they're just kind of like experimenting on him 
and, and looking into him. And, um, I mean, I do like this movie, but it is kind of stupid. Uh, it's all the people, all the people are annoying on this ship. All the students, they all have dumb names. They're all dressed very stupidly. Like, I don't I really hate when people make movies about, like, in the future, this is what people are going to be dressing like, and because it just all looks dumb. It's like, I, I don't know what kind of image you have of a future. But, uh, Jason kind of thaws out and, uh, on his own and comes back to life, starts killing everybody. Um, the one woman uh, freaks out because they brought him on board, and she's like, Why did you bring him? Why did you, why did you do that? And they're like, oh, well, he's a valuable specimen because the one doctor that, that, that's in charge of everybody, he's thinking about how he can make money off of it. And uh, bad idea on his part because Jason just starts killing everybody on the ship. And um, there's an android KM that uh, one of the students like has built or programmed. And she fights Jason... And she, you know, I guess for all intents and purposes, pretty much takes him out, blows him up. But parts of his body, you know, they're, they're unfortunately very close to where they have, like, nanotechnology. Because that's how they brought back uh, Rowan, is what her name is, the one woman that was with Jason. Because um, she had the machete wound. Well, they fixed her with the nanotechnology, the nanobots. Well, um, the nanobots go and fix Jason, and they make him into Uber Jason. So now he's got this metallic side and uh, a metallic mask and, and red eyes, and he's all upgraded and um, kills, kills more people. And um, KM cannot, to, uh, cannot defeat him now. And so they don't know what to do. They have soldiers on board. Uh, the soldiers all get killed by him, by Jason. He kills pretty much everybody. Um, the one uh, soldier that's in charge towards the end, you know, he... They, they also do this simulation where they're trying to trick him and buy themselves some time for them to do stuff where they, they simulate, like, Crystal Lake in the 1980s and he's just like killing these girls in the sleeping bags and it's kind of funny but it's also like not at all what it was like in the early <clears throat> the earlier movies but um the one uh soldier in charge uh sergeant uh what's his name Brod Brod Brodsky you think he's dead he comes back, he's got this suit on, and he kind of, Jason's trying to get to the the escape hat pod they got into, and um, Brodsky comes along and kind of hops on Jason's back, and they're both kind of falling through the atmosphere of, of Earth 2, and uh, it kind of looks like they're a shooting star, and there's uh, two people on, on Earth 2, they're near, the, near a lake. And um, they look up and they're like, oh, look, it's a shooting star. It looks like it landed in the lake. Let's go check it out. 
and then you see Jason's mask, the Uber Jason mask, kind of float into the bottom of the lake, and then it's the end of the movie. Makes you think, like, well, when they make a next one, now he's going to be on Earth 2, he's going to be back at a lake, you know, he's going to start off with these kids, but they never do anything with this, you know, nothing comes after Jason X. The franchise just kind of stopped there, officially. Um, then you get Freddy versus Jason, and that was a fucking horrible mess. Uh, that movie is not good. Uh, I waited so many years for that matchup, you know, growing up and being a horror fan and, and liking both franchises, but always Friday the 13th more, but always wondering, you know, with your friends, like, who would win, you know, Freddy or Jason, you know, and you'd play at it, and somebody would be Freddy, somebody would be Jason, or you just think about it, and years and years of growing up being a fan and, 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 and wondering about it, and wondering, oh, they should make a movie, they should make a movie, they should make a movie, well, then they make a movie, and it totally fucking sucks. And it doesn't live up to anything that you thought of over the years. And it just... And since they can't fucking let anybody down... They can't have a clear winner. Because if they did, well then this side would be angry. Or this side would be angry. So it's like... Yeah, Freddy vs. Jason. Jason's just kind of like dead. And Freddy brings him back. Because nobody remembers him. So Freddy's going to use him as a pawn. To make to kill people but make them think that it's Freddy killing people so they'll start remembering him and talking about him and being afraid again so then they'll give him his power back and he'll become relevant again but it doesn't really work out in his favor because Jason just kind of overdoes it and kills people before Freddy can get to them and it's it's just it's dumb it's just dumb. I mean, Robert Englund does what he can in this. Uh, this is the first time uh, everybody thought that Kane Hodder was going to be in this movie when they were talking about making it, but Ken Kersinger, who was in Part 8 as and did those two stunts that I talked about and was the cook in the diner, he takes over as Jason in this movie um, for the most part uh, during some stunts. Um... Glenn Ennis was used for the fire burn at the rave party. There's a rave party and uh, Jason is set on fire. Glenn Ennis did that stunt as well as some other stunts, uh, fighting stunts. They did a reshoot at the end where Doug Tate was used as Jason where he's carrying Freddy's head out of the water. Um, Because Freddy and Jason fight ultimately Jason's in Freddy's world for a little bit and they do this stupid ass bullshit of where oh Jason's afraid of water but he's not afraid of water in any other fucking movie ever in the franchise except for when he drowns in the original one quote unquote drowns um the acting throughout the entire movie is god awful who who said that (laughs) yeah who said that (laughs) I remember seeing that movie in theaters it was a big deal when it came out me and like a group of like 20 friends when like everyone was like placing bets with each other like who was gonna win so are the people in the movie Freddy vs jason place your bets like it it was a big deal like it was it, it was just a huge deal because everyone like jeff had said had talked about that like the matchup between those two and those two versus Michael Myers and like all the big guys like they're just so stupid like the one character 
she's like sitting there in a daze and she's like Freddy died by fire Jason by water how can we use that really did a child write this yeah and I don't know It, it just it was such a disappointment such a disappointment yeah, because then Freddy gets brought out into the real world and they fight, which doesn't make any fucking sense because Jason would have fucking slaughtered him right from the get-go because Freddy only has power in the dream world. So when you bring him out into the real world, he's just a normal fucking dude with a razor glove. And as far as I'm aware, Freddy never took any fucking martial arts classes. He doesn't know how to fight, but he's pulling off all these fucking moves on Jason. Jason moves like a fucking Frankenstein, like Frankenstein's monster, which is what they were going for because Ronnie Yu, who directed this movie and did Bride of Chucky, but he didn't know anything about either of the franchise. And they're like, hey, we'll have this guy direct our fucking movie. That makes a lot of sense. He doesn't know anything about either one of them. And they're like, oh, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do. But it doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's like... So fucking stupid. And... Like, they fight for too long. Like, I know that's what the movie was building up to, but it's like, as soon as Freddy gets taken out of the dream world, Jason would have just fucking annihilated him super quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, there shouldn't even have been a fight. Mm-mm. Like, at this point, once Freddy's out of the dream world, he's just as easily picked off as any human that Jason has ever fucking killed. Yep. Like, it's like my problem with, like, Spider-Man and, like, Dr. Octopus. Like, Dr. Octopus has got these fucking, you know, metal octopus, you know, legs and and arms and stuff. But Spider-Man's got super strength. Like, he doesn't... Dr. Octopus doesn't have, like, enhanced, like, durability. He's just got these things, these arms fused to him. So, if Spider-Man punches him in the face with his super strength, he's just gonna knock his ass out. And that's it. That's it. You're done. Like, he doesn't have, like, invulnerability. He doesn't have, like... He can't stand up to a fucking super punch. And if he can, well, then Spider-Man's really not that strong, is he? Um, so, it doesn't make any sense. You know, you pulled Freddy out of the, the dream world. He's all like, oh my god, I'm in, I'm in the regular world. And then they fight for too fucking long. Because... Freddy should have just been done. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, uh, it doesn't make any sense because at the end you think that Jason has won because he comes up out of the lake carrying Freddy's head and then Freddy's fucking face winks at you. And it's yeah. like, well, I'm not really dead. Who did win? We don't know. Yeah, very frustrating. And then it's as successful as it was, which it shouldn't have been, but people wanted to see it. People were waiting to see it. They didn't know they were going to get served up a shit burger. Uh, <laughs> and then they did nothing with it. They didn't make a sequel. They just they dropped the ball on that as well. They're like, oh, well, well, we did that, and now we're done with that. So they couldn't end it properly where somebody clearly won. They had to set it up to like, man, did he win? There's going to be a sequel. So they didn't make a sequel. Um, then in 2009... They do the reboot, the reimagining. Uh, Came out in February of two thousand and nine. Yes, uh, on Friday the thirteenth, mm-hmm. um, the day before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I enjoy this. I don't really usually don't enjoy reboots, remakes, or whatever, but I did enjoy this one. Um, it's not perfect. Uh, they kind of mashed the first four original movies into this movie a retelling because you know it starts out it recaps the story of like Mrs. Voorhees and the original counselors and her getting killed and Jason picking up the machete he was out there as a little boy when she got killed um, watching from the shadows I suppose um, and then it goes to like kids in the woods looking for uh, this weed that's growing and uh, they're near they come up near the camp and uh, some of the kids go exploring it some of the kids don't uh, the one girl uh Whitney, she gets kidnapped by Jason because he, she reminds him of his mother. She looks like his mother, apparently. Which is kind of like a nod to part two, but only because Ginny was wearing the sweater so that's how she reminded him of his mother, not that she looked like him. Her. Um, then you also have the part two aspect because in the beginning he's wearing the sack, the sack head mask. He doesn't have the... the hockey mask yet but he does get the hockey mask and that's kind of like a part three nod and then the part four nod is because there's a character clay that's looking for whitney his sister so it's kind of like rob in part four looking for sandra his sister um jason is still this is a, again a reboot so it's from starting from the beginning so jason's still technically alive he runs he's quick um He's more kind of that backwoods, um, outdoorsy. He's got a lot of skills. Um, he's got a, like bow and arrow skills, and he's got all these setups, like uh, all these like trip wires and bells and stuff that go off to let him know where people are, and all these lights that will go on and off. Uh, he's got like these tunnels underneath um, the camp and the surrounding area. Um, then these other groups this other group of kids come up to the lake and like I said uh, Clay, Whitney's brother comes up there to look for her and he runs into this other group of kids where the one guy um, Travis I believe his name was um, or no maybe that was his real name who? The dickhead dude. The your tits are stupid. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Travis. No, I think that's his real name. Uh, oh no, he's a real big doucher. Trent? That's oh his name. yeah, 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 Trent. His mm -hmm. name's Trent. I think his real name is Travis. Um he's a real big douchebag. Um I don't so it's Trent and then there's another girl that's with him that's you think is his girlfriend, but she's it seems more like they he's trying to get with her and she's not really kind of having it and I don't know why she's there then there's like these other two like stoner guys and this uh, another just random dude and then two other girls and they're like the most mismatched group of fucking kids hanging out because none of them seem like they would really be hanging out with each other um, it's just like they just took a bunch of random kids and put them together and I don't know why anybody, any of them would be hanging out with Trent because he's just a douchebag I don't know why he would invite any of them up to his cabin because 
once they're in there doing stuff, like he doesn't want them touching anything or doing this or doing that. And it's just like, do you know these kids? Like, why did you invite anybody up here? Like, it just seems like it's an all-around bad time. And why is anybody hanging out with you because you're a dick? Why are you hanging out with them? Or why are they hanging out with each other? Um, but, uh, again, Jason comes, uh, kills them off one by one. Um, Clay is still looking for his sister, which he does find. And, um, they get away-ish. They gotta fight Jason at the end, and they kind of, um, gets stuck in this machine and they throw his body into the lake and there's a jump scare at the end where he jumps up but they don't do anything with this either after this there's nothing that was in 2009 and we haven't had anything since and then there's been the legal battle between Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham about who owns the rights to what and so there's been no movies no um. nothing so, no, that's not entirely true. There have been movies. Well, the fan the films. Fan films. But, again, like I said, I don't care about the fan films. Some of them I like. Some of them are eh. Some of them I don't like. But, ultimately, I don't need any of them. I mean, I don't think any of them are, like, that awesome. Uh they're not ones that I would throw on and watch the only one the only one I really did like was Never Hike Alone um, they did Never Hike in the Snow which is a prequel to that one which I really didn't like as much as the original um, the original was kind of a fuller length movie Never Hike in the Snow was a prequel and it was shorter but um, and there were aspects about that that I didn't like but that's about the only one that I will watch and have watched multiple times um but other than that no and like these things are just kind of place markers waiting for the legal battle to be over so they can make official stuff which i'm waiting for them to be done so then hopefully because tommy mclaughlin has written a script um he was the writer and director of part six which is my favorite he has written a new script where it takes place during the winter. I mean, Never Hike in the Snow kind of did that, but he had this idea as well, and I don't know if he had it before or after, but I would like to see his take on a new official movie and this this story that he's trying to tell. Since I did like Part 6 so much, um, I would like to see another installment by him. But it's just, everything's just been kind of stalling. I mean... And it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they can't clear up the legal issues and, like, agree on something so you both just make some money. And because there's so much money out there to be made, and you're just wasting time by not making any movies when people would definitely fucking. I mean, maybe not now. I don't know. It'd be kind of iffy if you put one out now. Because, I mean, if you put it out in the theater and then you had it, like, streaming, like, you had to pay a price, I guess you'd be making money. But. It's just kind of shitty that, you know, time's going by and they have the new Halloween movies out. You know, the Child's Play franchise is picking up. They did some newer movies. Now there's a series coming out. Um, they rebooted that. 
nothing really going on with the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but uh, but Scream's coming back with a new installment. So like all these movies, I mean, it's ripe for a Friday the Thirteenth movie, and they're just not they're not being able to to make it, and it sucks. Um, but so I, but I still got the still got the old movies that I can pop in and, and watch whenever I want and that's good but I would like to see something new um, so uh, yeah I guess that covers all the, the ones that I kind of glossed and tiptoed through because Peach is tired of this <laughs> Peach is so tired I mean I did such a pretty good job from parts 1 to 6 and then just blew through 7, 8, 9, 10 Freddy vs. Jason and the reboot. Like six movies in an hour. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. You don't need to be like those idiots. That yeah, but that's like three hours on one movie. I'm not even that. I know. I'm super proud of you for doing what you did. You hit all the points. You told you told why you Man. liked the movie or didn't like the movie. And I mean, there were some points, you know. Yeah. Maybe later on when we get really popular and we start a Patreon, <laughs> I'll do episodes like this for special bonus things that you'll have to pay money for. You can't see the look I'm giving him. Where the fuck? You, uh, but people do this. Yeah, people do do this, but we're do, not going to do. do this. Do, do. Good Lord, you're a child. Do, do. do, do so, do, do. this is the episode this week, right? Yes. This isn't, sorry, this isn't bonus content or anything. No, this is the, the regular episode for this week. And you know what next week's episode starts off? Eating? No, I thought the countdown to Halloween. No, it was us eating things. Yeah, because they're going to want to hear us chewing. Yeah, you will. Because in the one episode, I got yelled at because you could hear me filing my nails. Yeah, you could. I don't remember what episode it was, but... Well, it was really annoying. Jeff, like, yelled at me bad, and then he beat me with oranges. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting dirty looks now. <laughs> no! I hate you. Aw, <laughs> uh, give me a hug. No! <laughs> then don't give me a hug. No! What happened? beat me. I did not beat you. Stop. Stop beating me. Why don't you stop beating me? <laughs> Do we want to talk about anything else? Um. I want to talk about current events. There are no current events. Um. Yeah, there's something that, that happened today while uh, you weren't home. No, we're not talking about that. Why? Because we're not. But it's relevant. It's not relevant. This so, um, this is still the Friday the 13th episode. So, that wraps up all the movies. And like I said, no new movies. Fan, There's fan films out there. You can go watch any of those on YouTube for free. Just go search Friday the 13th fan films. Um, they'll come up. Um, you should, if you're a fan of the franchise... You should go and you should have already bought the Scream Factory box set because it's awesome. Uh, the most comprehensive and complete set out there. All the movies in a great looking box. They, all the movies have their own disc. They have their own uh, case. 
It's none of that bullshit like the old ones where they're doubling up movies on a disc and they all fit into one plastic thing and you got the, the swivel um, disc holders. Uh, this is giving the franchise the the love it deserves with a great release. Lots of bonus content. Um, a lot of, of the old stuff that was on the previous uh, releases of box sets. A lot of new material, new um, commentaries, and just a lot of bonus footage and bonus features. Um, I pre-ordered mine right when it was uh, announced through Shout Factory, Stream Factory, so I got the poster and the lithograph. But um, it's pretty reasonably priced now, around now. I think it's around like $100, 110 maybe. Uh, unless the price it fluctuated a bit for a while. Um, but other than that, you just have like the, the sets you can get at Walmart, which is like the Paramount movies. It's just the first eight you can get on Blu-ray or DVD. It's the same set. Then they, they're really trying to make money on these things. So you got those. You got They came out with a, a new version of that set, but it's still just the first eight. And it comes with digital copies now. So they're charging like more money than what you can just buy the other one for. And then they're putting out the same thing in a steelbook version. So it's like they're just really trying to get people's money and collectors' money. It's like, to me, I don't care. I have the Scream Factory set. That's the most comprehensive and definitive set for me. So I don't need to buy any other ones. I have the tin set that was released in 2013. Um... That was, I only bought that at the time because at the time it was the most complete set. It had all the movies. Um, that did come with digital copies. I didn't much care for the packaging of it. I didn't like the, the cardboard digibook, the, the cardboard sleeves for the disc. And it was still dub, doubling up movies on one disc. So I didn't care for it. I still own it. It was going for ridiculous amounts of money uh, before on eBay and stuff. Like people were selling it for hundreds of dollars. Um, but then when the Scream Factory set came out, those prices kind of dropped because people were buying the Scream Factory set. But some people, collectors, still want to get the tin set. If I knew somebody would pay a decent price for it, I'd probably sell mine because it's just taking up space. And like I said, the, the Scream Factory set is really the only set that I need at this point. Um, it's got everything you need on it. Uh, and yeah, I just, this is my favorite franchise and um i've been lucky enough to meet a lot of people from it over the years uh always try to meet more um when they come around at a convention here or there uh luckily i've gotten to meet some of them before they have passed away um are you froze what happened why they can't see you doing stuff like but that but you can <laughs> lucky um, me yeah you are lucky so I have uh, I have a lot of collectibles I have a lot of stuff <laughs> stop no I was going to tickle you so you peed your pants stop. oh you peed your pants stop she peed her pants why and she's in the poop hole Good lord, stop. We learned that from the last episode. Please stop. Oh no. Womp, womp, womp. 
So, I guess that's the end of this episode and Unfun Peach. And, <laughs> well, Unfun Peach never stops. She's oh, always unfun. You're so mean. I know. So mean. And we're not going to talk about your ghost. I had a an incident earlier. An incident she made up in her head. I did not make it up. I did not. I did not. Mm. Um, I did not. Can I, can I please just talk about it? Why? So you can freak yourself out? Maybe. Go ahead. Um, I I got home from work today around like 540. Ooh, no, 440. Scary. And... I get home, I guess, about an hour before Jeff. So, I normally, I'm supposed to do, you know, stuff that needs to be done in that time. She never does. <laughs> but I normally just end up laying on the bed in the dark. You lazy lump. scrolling on TikTok or reading my book. Um, she oh, doesn't t- read. <laughs> I do. She scrolls. Don't <laughs> let her lie. I read. Um. Oh. Today I was scrolling on TikTok and wasn't watching anything in particular, but uh, the edge of my bed lifted up and it creaked. His our bed's broken, like the bottom part of it, um, so it makes a lot of noises when you move around or whatever. And it lifted up like how you would like lift the edge to like tuck the sheet under, and it creaked. So, I immediately, I texted Jeff, and I told him, and he told me I was full of shit. And then, I turned the bedroom light on, because, like I said, I was sitting in the dark. Um, now, if you listen to one of our previous episodes, I go into detail about the one ghost that, or presence, that I feel in in this house, in our house. Um, Jeff does not believe that this presence is here i don't um he thinks i'm just crazy even though he does believe in ghosts he doesn't believe that there is anything here um but this is the first time i've ever had an experience where something an entity a spirit whatever has moved something like i've felt things i've seen things and like by feel like not not physically feel but like you know you feel uneasy like that that type of feel uh like emotionally feel um but our bed moved be and i was laying still and there's no way i could get our bed to make the noise that it made by just like moving my feet or like even shifting my body because it makes a very specific noise when you lift up on the mattress and it scared the crap out of me <laughs> you non-believing fuck he's shaking his head he's a jerk kind of commandeer this episode for your craziness it's not crazy and you know I believed you when you said you got touched at the yeah the um murder house i didn't like poo poo that poo poo whatever all right are we done i think we're done because you just brought it all down no you brought it down because you don't believe me i brought it down you brought it down all right
And that is that. Bye. Boo. So here's our spiel. Get with us on social media. Go find us on Facebook and Instagram at pumpkin and peach podcast we post lots of pictures about what we talk about in our episodes facebook has a bit more pictures than instagram so follow us on both and we also have a side business ugly mugs inc where we hand paint uh glassware and it's usually horror and pop culture themed so we have hand painted glassware and woodcraft some jewelry boxes we also have handmade hair bows we have stickers we have magnets we have other things, so you can go to there too on Instagram and Facebook. It's Ugly Mugs Inc. And at any of those places, whether it be Ugly Mugs or Pumpkin and Peach Podcast, there's link trees. So if you just click in the bios, it'll have a link tree that'll take you to any of these places. If you start out at one, you can get to the other. And then you can also get to our anchor page, our podcast page, to listen to these episodes, and it'll give you an opportunity to get to any um, platform that you may want to listen on because we're on Anchor, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Anchor Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on the other ones that I always forget. Pocket Cast, Overcast, Overcast um, something public. If, I can't if it's a podcasting service, we're on it. We're on most of the major ones. So it'll take you there. So check us out. Uh, get with us on any of the social media. Contact us. Send us messages. Um, if you'd you want like, if you'd like to send us an email, pumpkinandpeachadventures at gmail.com. If you want to collaborate with us, if you want to sponsor us, if you want us to try a cider, a beer that your company makes or something and review it on the podcast, um, food, snacks, if you're in our area local to us, we are in New Jersey. Um, if you want us to come to your establishment and try something, whether it be a cider, a beer, or food, and then we'll talk about it, you know on our podcast hit us up on any of those social media accounts or the email and write us reviews any places that you can because it really helps us out a lot it helps us grow our social media presence it helps us get better it helps us uh, grow as a podcast and as a presence so that we can and we just like seeing it we like seeing People enjoy what we're doing, and we like having followers and, and, and giving you good content as much as we can. And the, the more we know that you listen, the more good content we can bring you. Yep. Yep. All right. That's about it. End spiel. <laughs>